Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Merry Christmas. To you, too. And happy holidays to anyone else who's listening that's celebrating anything else and merry birthdays and all of those other things. The countdown begins. I'm excited. <laughs> I know. I'm excited for these vault episodes. We picked a couple of really good episodes to give you guys. So if you're a new listener or if you want to catch up, I know this is a really great time for people to catch up on podcasts to, uh, you know, just chill. Yeah. And so we picked five of our favorite episodes and you'll listen to them while we take a little bit of a break, but you'll get new intros and everyone who's a patron, you will get a new after chatters with each episode so you'll catch up with us and hear what's new and these intros will provide a little bit of a i don't know a little bit of discussion and we'll tell you why we chose these episodes and then you can come and chat with us and we've had some really amazing talks in the awesome ladies project community we're talking about planners. We're talking about one little word. So come and talk to us. Uh, the easiest way to get there is the awesomeladiesproject.com slash craftyassfemale. It's free. It's awesome. It's wonderful. And I love interacting with everybody. So I want to know, you know, come tell us your one little word. Come tell us how you're doing planners. Come tell us what you love about this episode. And this episode is Kathy Z. Yay. Who she just like... Her interview was so awesome. Yeah, we had a lot of, like, big gets when it came to interviews this year. We interviewed her episode went live in March. And so that's exciting, like, nine months later, like, to think back and that that was nine months ago already. And we're ready for a new year. But, like, it's so much of what she had to say was is good going to the new year. I know she does that class fit, and she's offering yeah. the 2020 version. She talked about it in that episode. So, yeah, good listen. Yeah, she's yeah. It's a real, it's a really awesome class, and you can sign up now. Uh, you can check it out on her website, and she talks about it all in the class. So she has the twenty twenty version coming up, and she's just she's so cool. Yeah. And you know she's she's older right. than us, and she talked about that. And I think that's such an asset I, of the interview. Yeah, well, right. That's what I want. Like that's what I yeah. want to talk about is that like there are so many people her age who are just like assholes mm. and like have you come across the okay boomer meme yes a few times yeah <laughs> so like i feel like she is like the antithesis mm. to that like no one's ever gonna go be like okay boomer yeah. to kathy z <laughs> but like she's almost aspirational she, in like what she does i'm well, like yeah that, right that's the type of person you want to yeah. be like the 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 tumbleweeds come like that is that in her after chatter <laughs> okay well if you guys she just she really gets she gets so real about one well, yeah, crafting but she gets real about like being a yeah. woman and women's bodies and like getting older and like that's why i don't feel like weird talking about it because i don't like want you guys to be like oh you're being like ageist against kathy z no like this is what the this is what the interview is about so i like i really appreciate that she came on the show and was like 
let's talk about this. Let's be real about yeah, this. Her voice about literally everything, whether it's her perspective on crafting or how she got to where she is or like life and menopause and like whatever. It's so refreshing. Like no matter what she talks about, it's so relatable, even though we're not there yet. And she makes me like, she feel, I feel like she's like my cool aunt that like I could go to for things. <laughs> yeah. Right? She's like so awesome. I love her. So this interview, guys, easy pick for our vault. Absolutely. She's the best. So listen to Kathy Z and then come to the community. Tell us all about it. We also want to know your one little word. We want to know, tell us a little about your planners. We've got a great discussion about planners. I'm, I'm loving my digital planner. I've literally just, I'm obsessed. (laughs) All these planners that I'm using and just like putting them in my thing and writing on my computer. I cannot tell you how obsessed I am. So come talk to us in the community about Planners One Little Word and Kathy Z because she's incredible. All right. Here's the interview. And also new after chatter. So come and after chatter us. And if you're not a patron, come be a patron because also Kathy Z's after chatter is amazing. And remember, there's an after chatter for Kathy Z. There's an after chatter for Allie Edwards. There's, though there's two after chatters for Allie Edwards. There's after chatter with Kelly Perky. There's after chatter with Austin. You know, there's... There's so many after chatters um, and you get access to all of them for just $5 a month and you help support the show and make it so that we can make this show for you every week and do so many cool things. And if you want to do that, support the show, help make the show run PBS style because we love you and we don't even, you know, run ads because we're awesome like that. Go to craftyassfemale.com slash Patreon and you can support the show for $5 a month. And that would be an awesome Christmas present <laughs> yeah. for us. So uh, make that happen. And then you can see the after chatter with Kathy Z where she talks about tumbleweeds, <laughs> vagina tumbleweeds, because it's amazing. Uh, we love you, Kathy Z. You are, you are a craft goddess. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Kathy. Hey, ladies. <laughs> We're so excited to have you here. I feel like you've been on our radar for a while, and now you're here. And I couldn't think of a more perfect epitome of crafty-ass female than you, actually. Oh, my God. That's so such welcome. high praise. Such high praise. Welcome. Yay. So on the show today, we have Kathy Zielski. That's how I say it. Zielski? Well, it is. It's. It, I know it's so crazy. It's not Zielski. It's actually Zielski. And nobody gets it right. It's like the hardest name that shouldn't be. But no, it's just <laughs> Zielski, like Pilski. Zielski. Yeah, there you go. Got it. Yeah. Got love that we're clearing this up on the show. So that's who we have today, Kathy Zilski. And uh, for those of you who don't know, graphic designer, internet online craft personality, I guess I'd call you, um, who on your website you say your, model is, your motto is own your life, document it well, and preserve reality. And I think you do such a good job of all those things. Mm, and then I love that your mission says take the crap out of scrapbooking. Yeah. And again, so needed 
You do such a good job of it. Thank so you. welcome. You can kind of fact check me, tell people where to find you, the whole bit. Go ahead. All right. Well, that is correct. The Zilski now that we've cleared. <laughs> and it's not just you. It's literally everyone I meet. They want to overpronounce it. It's really simple. But anyway, thank you for that. It's all clear <laughs> for the world. Um, yes, I, I, I reside online at kathyzilski.com. And I have been online since... Well, actually, 2005, started blogging uh, when I was in, starting to get really immersed in the industry, but I quit blogging for a year because of an ass hat issue. I was very tired of <laughs> ass hats, so I stopped blogging, and then I missed <laughs> it, and then I came back when I realized I don't really have time to give a shit, if you know what I'm saying. Anywho, but I've been around on the internet in the crafty scrapbooking world, and... Uh, Gosh, I, I guess I branched into social media after that because I think I've been around for a while and, you know, Instagram wasn't a big thing when I first started and Facebook and things like that. I didn't even get an iPhone until 2011. So I was a little <laughs> behind the mark in the social media. But yeah, I've been around and I blog and I talk about scrapbooking and I now do card making and you know, just, just a lot of things in the crafty realm. And I've been doing it for a long time. So yeah, there's that. I, I, the long timeness, I think, also plays into how, how wonderful your voice is. Like, I love your voice so much in your writing and how you present, like, your piece of the industry. Yeah. I just love your voice. And well, I think, like, I, that takes time, right? It does take time and it, yeah, it's such an interesting thing. So if I were, if, do you want me to, do you want me to jump into backstory? Yeah, please. Okay. Yes. So the reason why is <laughs> I think it ties into how I got to do what I do. All right. We're, we're going way back. We're going back to, I'm Love 10 it. years old. I'm 10 years old. And my favorite thing in the world is a brand new diary that I got for like a birthday or something. And that diary was literally the key to guess what? You like to write and you think of yourself as creative. And I have from a very early age. So I started out very earnestly telling stories about my life, so on and so forth. I knew I was a good writer. So once high school was done and over, I went to college to get a degree in journalism because I thought that's going to be my future. You know, I'm going to be a reporter, going to be a writer. I'm going to do something that, you know, gets my name out as a writer, or at least just allows me to earn an income. Anywho, I get into the real world and I'm in corporate America for my very first, well, it's actually my second, my second real job. I was an associate editor for the American Collectors Association in glorious Edina, Minnesota. Now, before you think it's about collection or art, it was actually the International Trade Association for the Debt Collection Industry. There's oh nothing sexier than the debt collection industry. Let me tell you, but guess what? We actually had a need to create communications pieces. It's very regulated. People aren't aware of that. So I got this job as an associate editor and I show up and I'm there the first week and I'm so excited because I finally have an actual job with healthcare benefits. And my boss said to me, by the way, I neglected to tell you that everything we write, we also design. So here's a Mac oh God, was it a Mac SE, you know, all in one contained box. And <laughs> oh you have to also lay out the, the magazine that we put out. That's also part of your job. So I knew nothing about design. I mean, I had taken one design course in college and it was a joke. It was just an absolute joke. I learned nothing, 
but I, I figured this is my job. I got to dive in. And so began this, this uh, dual role of writer and designer. About a year into the job, <laughs> she, my boss, uh, who later became a good friend and was actually in my wedding, true story. Um, she said, you know what, Kath, you're an okay writer, but I, I think you're a better designer. Do you want to just take on that aspect of, of our communications department and go from there? So that is how I got into design. There is no training in my background. I didn't go to design school, but I learned by necessity. And as it turned out, I was actually good at it. Um, and that really just involved a lot of like, read everything you can. Um, of course, YouTube wasn't around back then. There was no tutorials, you know what I'm saying? But there were a lot of great books on design and typography and how to use Quark Express and all these things that I had no real knowledge of, but I knew I could learn. So if I put the technical time in, and if I studied what I thought was good visual communication, that's how I did it. Um, and it's crazy that I was able to keep doing that. I, I've, I've loved it ever since. And it was less based on like, you know, funky out there creativity. And it was more based on uh, clean communication. So that's how I got into design. So things are rolling along and it's great and I love it and I love my job. I loved the people I worked with, even though it was debt collection. I loved it. <laughs> I know it's so weird. Um, but <laughs> then I, I, I got married. I had a baby that's baby number one. And, and she was born and then I got a new job, another design position that was way cooler and then had another baby. And then it was like, okay, time, time to decide, do you make enough money for two kids in daycare or do you need to figure out a way to stay home? Because at the time, uh, a basic graphic design position did not pay enough, uh, to support two kids in daycare. So I made the decision to quit. And that was, that was fine. And I figured I would freelance. Well, then a funny thing happened over the next several years. I freelanced here and there, and that was great. But then I started scrapbooking. <laughs> and that is really weird because I was a designer in my mind and in reality, the, the two don't always line up, but this time they did. <laughs> and I had an idea about scrapbooking and I had, I think I had been invited to a creative memories party once. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, hard pass. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is so yeah. not cool and I'm never going to do this. And, and that was that. But then this chain of stores opened They are They, well, they were, they've since gone out of business, but there was a chain called archivers and they opened up in Minnesota and in, right next to my hometown. And I had read an article in the paper. And they said they were a photo memory store. And I didn't really understand, like, what is that? Is it scrapbooking? Is it photo albums? Well, I had always been uh, another part of my story that I left out. I've been taking photos uh, since I got my first 35 millimeter camera for my 15th birthday. You know, I, I've always loved photography and, of course, having kids. You take so many photos. So I decided to go to this place and check it out. And when I walked in, I was kind of stunned by how cool it was. It was not kitschy and, you know, there weren't doilies on every corner and like just, you know, it wasn't cheesy. It was beautifully yeah. designed. It was beautifully merchandised. I, I think the people who concepted this store were geniuses uh, because it, it reached someone like me who I, did I have a design chip on my shoulder? I probably did. I did. I've lost that since. I've learned to be way more humble, uh, but it, it appealed to me. I bought a magazine. 
I didn't even know there were scrapbook magazines. I went home, I read the magazine from cover to cover. And even though it wasn't really my style, I just was intrigued and I went back the next day. And that was that. I literally got booked from almost the beginning when I realized, wait a minute, you can take a photo and you can pair it with a story. I love stories. I love writing. I love journaling, right? So it seemed like I'm going to take some pictures of my kids and I'm going to type up some journaling and I'm actually going to make it look good <laughs> with design yeah. and with the technology. Like I know how to type up a journaling block and make it look good. So that's how it began. And I still can't believe it ha- that, that, I, that it happened. Does that make sense? Because I, that wasn't something I planned on doing and I certainly didn't plan on turning it into a career that could support my family for years to come. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the point. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I feel like that's a lot of the process for me and how I wanted to get into design. It, what, it did kind of stem from like a magazine pickup and sure. stumbling upon this world that you didn't know existed. I guess now it happens like you stumble upon an Instagram post. Like, you know, it's not magazine anymore. Yeah. But I do feel like that, like, ooh, what's this? And then the inspiration just snowballs out of control. And then you feel yourself like enveloped in this world that you knew you belonged in that somehow yeah. feels familiar, but it's new. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing happened with me. So, I mean, and and the thing is, is that then once I got into it, um, at the time, that was when online communities were really just starting to emerge. This is like 2002, 2003. And so I start scrapbooking. I have no friends who do this, right? I know (laughs) no one who does this. And I don't even think I would seek that out publicly. I wouldn't like put out a sign and say, hey, I'm doing this. Do you do this? But it turns out that is exactly what online communities in the early 2000s were doing for pretty much every niche area you can think of, especially in crafting, especially in, you know, the creative arts. So I found two peas in a bucket, probably from a some kind of Internet search. Obviously, the Internet was there, right? I had it. Yeah. And I had it at home. And I found this website. I started poking around their galleries. And I started seeing people that were doing things that looked really good. You know, they were designed well and it, the photos were really good. And that's how I found this online world. And the, the funny thing is, is that I have two best friends. One of them I've, doesn't scrapbook and I've known her since I was 13. The other person is a woman I've known since meeting her online. And I have made some of the closest friends from my life from that experience so you know there was a real power in the community and connecting but it's also how i got more into it and uh and then decided hey you know what these magazines i bet i could send some things into these magazines you know maybe they'd like what i'm doing i mean it's not very you know it's pretty stripped down or whatever and that's how i started actually working in the industry because i had some pages and I thought, you know what, I can, I'm going to send them to Simple Scrapbooks magazine. I bet that magazine might like me and, you know, we'll see what happens. So I sent some things in and I got this call out of the blue one day and it was this super hyper woman who talked so fast. Her name is <laughs> Stacy Juliet. And she's like, okay, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm Stacy Juliet. I work for this. I'm blah, blah, blah. And she's going hundred miles an hour. She goes, I don't know who you are, but I want to work with you. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't know who she was because I had read the magazine and that's how I started working with them. And so they 
asked me to do layouts for them and that was great. I submit a few things here and there. You know, they were all established in Utah. They were an offshoot of creating Keepsakes Magazine and they'd only been around for a short period of time. So they started publishing my pages and giving me assignments and then slowly but surely I worked my way into convincing them, hey, if you ever need any design help, you know, that's actually what I do. And at first I think they thought, yeah, I'm sure you do. But eventually they started, they gave me a shot to, you know, design some of the features in the magazine because they were on a, you know, tight budget and brought me in and they saw that I actually wasn't just um, someone who thought she was crafty and made scrapbook pages, that I was actually pretty damn corporate, pretty professional and actually knew what I was doing. And a year later, there was some shifts and I became their long distance art director. Uh, well, actually, creative director. <laughs> I think I pushed for that title just because, you, know, you, know, you know what I mean. It just, does it sound better to be a creative director? Um, it all sounds pretty yeah. impressive. No yeah. what and it is. So during that time, they also decided to give me a book deal because I thought I, I would love to try to talk about how I have approached scrapbooking and share that. And so Clean and Simple Scrapbooking, the first book came out, and that was right around the time that I was also doing design work for them. And yeah, I got in, I got myself in, but I, but I think what I want people to know, cause occasionally people will say, well, I want to, I want to do that. It's like, well, a lot of luck had to happen, number one. And also there was a lot of preparation and skill meeting an actual need, if you will. But yeah, so I, I became yeah, a creative director. It makes me think of like the generation now, right? And like, I want your opinion on this kind of where like, again, like, people hear that story and then they go on the pursuit as opposed to what you just basically explained through your story as in there really was no kind of goal setting and pursuit of it. It was right. you kind of like cultivating this lifestyle that you loved and turning to your interests. Like me and Kristen did a whole like what's your thing episode and I think that was the basis of it is that we live in this society now that's like you're exposed to everyone's accomplishments and you almost think if you identify with someone you could oh I could achieve what they've achieved and then there's then there's becomes this motivation of like pursuit of it right. as opposed to this natural progression of kind of you know like what you're interested in and then it just evolving yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I'm glad that I'm not a young adult right now. Isn't that <laughs> right. funny? Like, I'm glad that I, and here's the thing too, I've been keenly aware and that I am lucky. Luck, you know, there's that, what is that saying? It's like luck. It isn't luck. It's like when opportunity meets skill. I do know there's an aspect right. of that, but I came in the time and I had the right skills that I could parlay into this. So I think the thing is, if you see someone and you like what they're doing and you're kind of crafty too, and maybe you wanna, that's great. That is a first step. You have to have you know, either raw talent or creative ability and ambition, but there's just so much else that goes into it to make it work for a career. It's, you know, what is your intention? It's like right now, well, for years, this is my job. This is my career for better or for worse. And there's upsides and downsides to it. It's not all like, oh, this is so neat. You know, I get to sit in this yeah. office and I get to sing karaoke songs on Instagram. You know, there's, <laughs> it's, it's upsides and downsides. But I'm glad that I've sort of come out of a, a time when there was a lot of things that were so new. And 
now I think it would just be, it would be hard. But again, yeah. that's, that's just a perspective of now my, my nice middle-aged yeah. self looking back going, well, <laughs> I wish just starting yeah. now, you know? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting and that you have one of the things that like, and it's similar to the interview when we talked to Allie and she talked about her backstory of in addition to all of the cool stuff that you are doing now, you went out and you had a real corporate job yeah. and you did design work in, um, I don't want to say the real world, but like, you know, quote unquote, no. the real world. It was the real world. And so like, and- that is a thing, like that real world experience, like, I know we've talked about this on the show a few times. Everything you do leads you to where you are. And so trying to get to a place that you see someone else at is never going to manifest because everything that you've done so far leads you to where you are. If it's, you know, five years in a corporate job, if it's staying at home with your kids, trying to figure out how you're going to make, you know, whatever it is that you need to make or do whatever it is you need to do to keep yourself sane or whatever it is that you need to do, all roads leads you to where you are. And yeah. trying to get to wherever someone else is, is just futile. Yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing. You know, you mentioned Allie and Allie and I, she's one of the first people I met online so many years ago. And we just became fast friends because we have a lot in common. She has a design background. You know, she didn't come into the industry either, just as someone who is creative. She was someone I think who always knew she was creative, but started out very corporate and, you know, didn't even consider herself an artist. So um, I, I think that even today though, like, if you look at if you look at where people are, that whole thing of social media, like I see this, this looks great. I'm gonna try to do. There's just so much of that that goes on where ugh, I think you you want to think that it's going to be somehow easier if you just do a few things. That doesn't right. make a. You, you know what I'm saying? And and yet yes. it's it's, no, it's more complicated true. than that. It's more layered than that. Um, I know people, well, most of the people that I know, and I don't have a lot of close, close working relationships. It's just a handful of people really uh, that I communicate with regularly and they do work really hard. They have lives, but they work so hard at keeping everything where it needs to be. And I think that's another thing too, is that you, to stay afloat in a creative industry I hate to use this term, but I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to sound really freaking corporate. You have to understand how to pivot when needed. Like, yes. if this isn't working, if you're not making money doing something, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of speaking to people who are already, you know, trying to earn a living, then you need to pivot. You need to make a tweak. Maybe it's not even so much of a pivot. It's a tweak. You need to always be trying to figure out and evaluate what am I doing? What do I need to be doing and uh, bridging that gap? Because for me, as a person who I've made my living with scrapbooking and what happens to scrapbookers as they get older? Well, you can see we get a little bit grayer. <laughs> maybe, maybe we get a little bit chubbier. I'm just saying, it, I speak from experience, but our children also get older. 
and they age out. <laughs> I call it the age out. And as soon as my kids started hit around, you know, four, 13, 14, their stories weren't public anymore. And I started to hit this point where I didn't know, like, how am I going to keep doing this without exploiting them? Because that is not cool. <laughs> that is not something that I've ever wanted to do. And I, I had to deal with that. So they start aging out. I have to make sure everything I'm sharing is okay. And believe me, everything I shared about their lives was definitely cleared through them, which is why you know very little about my son now. <laughs> oh God, he's so awesome though. But anyway, um, and if, I have, I had to tweak. So what could I do? Well, I could teach more online classes because those aren't public. Those are something a student has to pay for. And I will share stories in those classes, but I will also teach design. I will also teach you how to use your computer. I will do these things less publicly. I had to tweak that. I had to move away from, I'm going to blog the shit out of my life for all to read. And I'm going to go more into a direction that is a little more controlled. It's a little more crafted, I guess, if you will, um, in terms of having online classes that people pay access for. So, and then that moved later into, I guess I have to try other things too, like card making, which is just a total and complete shock to me. God, you guys, it's kind of like scrapbook. And if you would have told me in 2017 that, you know what, you're also going to start card making and you're going to love it. <laughs> and then you're going to design stamps and dies and you're going to get to work with Simon Says Stamp. But like, I would have just been like, yeah, no, I'm not. Have you met me? But that's another area that I've tweaked. I've kind of pivoted because if I don't change and evolve and try new things, I, I, I might not be able to, to sustain this. And I want to be really clear too. I don't know anyone who's self-employed whose business just sustains without vigilance and constant point. effort. It's right. just, I, if I don't come up with something, I don't make money. If I don't right. make money, I have to go back to corporate America. And if I go back to corporate America, I have to wear a bra. And that is not <laughs> something, you know what I'm saying? Like, anyway. It's not something I want. Yeah. I mean, I, I do when I have to. Let's, I, I will admit that. I have one on now. I just want you to know. But anyway. We would have been totally fine if you didn't. You know, <laughs> would be your this first is the podcast not guess. to wear a bra on. I know, right? <laughs> awesome. But what I appreciate so much about everything you just said about the whole tweak advice, just about your tone and your voice and your approach and everything, is that I. it's so evident that it comes from a place of you knowing yourself and reflecting on yourself and making this industry and your job and your career like yours like I feel like in my past a little bit where I've gotten in trouble is like you t and where maybe some of our listeners do is you tap into this online world you get so excited to be a part of it and then being a part of it becomes the motivation like how can I do more for them how can I make sure they know I'm good how could this right. you know it's a lot of proving and I feel like you are so now versed in just how is it going to be mine and that's such a shift like that's a shift that I'm at now and I'm like how can yeah. I make it mine because yeah that'll be so, so much more rich for me in turn so much more rich for the this community that I love yeah you know? and, and again I do think it's luck and timing I do think it's uh, <laughs> dare I say eight years of therapy as well to figure out that, you know, I think there's an aspect of becoming comfortable and staying in your lane to some extent. And there's another 
God, I'm just going to drop so many good corporate. Stay in your Love lane. It. But if you are in your lane and you own your lane, I mean, yes. I can look around in this industry and I see my contemporaries and my colleagues and they have their things, you know, and I can't be them. I can be me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm now middle aged, you know, I, I, I'm not like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I need to kind of just do me. And I remember when I started out in scrapbooking, I tried, I tried a little bit to be Heidi Swap. I love Heidi. I absolutely adore her. She's been a good friend for years and years, but I can't do Heidi, you know? And then I tried to do Becky Higgins. Oh my God, I can't do Becky, but I tried. I have all, you know, and I started to do all these things. And I think what happened very quickly was I thought, I know what I'm good at. And then I think that's a good question for anyone. Do you know what you're good at? Check into reality. What are you good at? What are your strengths? And really connect to those because I think there's a lot of power in looking at what is what is real and what are your strengths and how can you apply them to whatever it is you want to do. Because that's another thing too. I, I, I know that one of your themes for the season, which is work smarter, not harder. That is such a challenging concept for me because they're so intertwined. You know, I, I work hard and I think I work smart, but I know there is a lack of balance. But one of the things that I do think is a way you can work smarter is you need to be curious all the time about what it is you're interested in and how can you learn more about that thing. Um, I say that because I've, I've, I've counseled, God, I, I have counseled people, but I've had, you know, people reach out to me and they want to know, like, how do you, how do you record a voiceover or how do you edit your videos or how do you build an online classroom? And all of these things I did not know how to do. I just kind of had to figure it out. So I had to get curious and I had to look at that as a joy and not drudgery. Like it's, I thought it was awesome to try to learn a new screencasting program. I thought it was a couple years ago. This is hilarious, but I had to learn how to use iMovie, which I, I'm just going to say it, hate it. I think it's a (laughs) horrible program on many levels, but because I I had never used anything like that for editing together a a card process video or scrapbooking because I had always just screencast it and I know how to do that, but you have to constantly figure out what's the thing that you need to learn. Now, I will say this, I because of the friends that I have, I'm lucky to have someone like Allie Edwards. We bounce things off each other. I touch base with her probably a couple times a month and she'll be like, what mic are you using now? Or I'll be like, what camera are you using now? And so having, you know, building up some friendships where you give and take, you know, it's a two way. That is also very helpful, but you have to keep uh, trying to learn new things. I don't know. I used to not be very as curious uh, personally as I was professionally. I'm trying to change that into my personal life as well, because I think it can be a really good thing for sustaining, <laughs> sustaining whatever it is you're trying to sustain. Be, be curious. So, yeah. yeah, I love that. Maybe we could dive into that more in After Chatter mm-hmm. as like yeah. an extension. But yeah. we're, me, me and Kristen have put out there, like our listeners know how much therapy we go to. So like that's another oh, aspect oh. that I appreciate, oh. you know, you also like are always open with and always have been oh, too. Oh, yes. I, I have, yeah, I have thoughts on that too. Um, because, okay, there's something that I saw as I was preparing for this uh 
And it's that uh, we can't, you sent me a quote. Can I read that quote? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, can I preface you before you read it? Yeah. Yeah, you do it. Okay. So this, right. So for our listeners, any interviewee we have on, me and Kristen kind of collaborate, come up with like four questions, nothing crazy, because those four could literally fill up the whole hour or two. So one thing I want to know, being that, you know, I just love your voice and I love your opinion and your take, and I say to myself, you know, we, me and Kristen have brought this quote in and interwoven it a few, you know, a few times throughout our seasons. Um, but knowing that you do so much, knowing that I think of you as like the epitome of crafty as female. And I mean, you're a wife, you're a mama too, graphic designer, online personality, blogger, who, which we know means writer, photographer, content creator, all that stuff. You know, you host classes and then who for fun scrapbooks your year makes cards. Like, I just feel like there's so much into that, that then it made me think of, I wanted to know, kind of your take on the quote that me and Kristen have intertwined, which is, we can't afford to act like it's okay that girls can do anything got translated somewhere along the line into women must do everything. Go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that quote sort of hit me and and I, so here's my, here's my thought. Also as raising a, you know, you raising a daughter. So it's also kind of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we are fed this ridiculous idea from all all walks of life. Every everything that we get, we are fed this idea that we are limitless. You can do anything. You are limitless. The sky is the you know. And here's the reality: we are actually human, and the wow. very nature. <laughs> I know, right? The very nature of being human is that we are limited. You have limits. You cannot do everything. That's fucking ridiculous. And that is something that I have learned from therapy. I I always kind of believed in it. You know, I always kind of believe in the platitudes of you can do it all and you can have, you just can't. That's, that's, that's not in our nature. And I feel like the idea that we are limited, that actually fuels a lot of destructive behavior in people. And by destructive, I mean, you know, if you think you're supposed to do everything, people can get really weird about that. You can start to be angry about it. (laughs) You can start to be really resentful about it when you think everybody's doing all of this all the time and you're not. Um, Or you can feel somehow entitled that you should be able to do it all. And what the hell, why isn't this working? You know, and then you basically cultivate a horrible attitude. <laughs> so I feel like this idea that we can do it all and that we should be doing it all actually can contribute to a lot of negativity because it's just not accurate. Like life isn't limitless. We are born and guess what? Nobody is going to make it out alive. Like you have, there's a span and within that span you have limits. So you get in line with what is real and figure out what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Go from there. I don't know. It's that again, that comes from a lot of work with a therapist who has kicked my ass for seven years. We can't do everything. And the everything mentality comes from this hardworking, like background. Like, you know that, oh, like you equate, if I work hard, then I'll get X, Y, Z, like I feel like. But it's also like this type A work hard, you know, it makes you feel like you're never working hard enough because you think that everything needs to get done. 
Yeah. And you know, the thing is, if you're self-employed, like I'm self-employed and that's just me, there's no assistant. Um, <laughs> I wish, God, I wish I had one sometimes, but it's just not in the budget at this time. You do have to work hard. And so I'm torn between that idea that, you know, can I do it all? I think what I, where I've gotten to as a, as an entrepreneur, as a self-employed person is yes, there are a lot of things that I have to do. I have to be good at a lot of things if I want to succeed. But at the end of the day, I am not going to work 80 hours a week to make that happen. A couple of years ago, in my mind, it was like, I work so hard. I work all the time. Blah, 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 blah. So I decided I have a, a, a time tracking app that I use for freelance work. And I decided, you know what I'm going to do for one week? I'm going to track everything I do. I was shocked that at the end of the week, I had logged 32 hours. Because in my mind, I thought, I work all the time. I am always working. But the reality of my ebb and flow is I actually don't because the one way I've gotten smarter is I know when to walk away. I know when to take breaks. I know when not to force things and I know when you have to sit and get it done. So I think that comes with experience of just knowing that I can't do it all. I can't fire on all cylinders all the time. Just can't do it. That, that would burn me out so fast. And yet at the same time, I do work seven days a week. There's rarely a day that I don't do something that's contributing to my business. Right. I don't know. Is the is the fact that you found you were actually working more than you thought because even because when you weren't doing practical work, it was still in your mind like running? Like does that is that kind of it? A little bit, but I think it was just me sort of having this <laughs> grandiose idea that I work, you know, it's just that no, I work all the time. No one works yeah. as hard as me. And it wasn't true. It's like, I work hard, but I don't work all the time. I don't know. Uh, but I okay. think even now it's like, I, you know, I do work in this office, in this little space every day. There aren't a lot of days that I do take off, but I may only be in here today for three hours. You know, I have a blog post that needs to go up because I have a scrapbooking video that I just finished editing and I want to share that and get it out there. You know, three hours on a Saturday is no big deal. Also, here's the other thing, too. For people who are young and have kids and all that stuff, oh, my God, I don't have that anymore. So the upside to that is I can get so much shit done. The downside to that is I can get so much shit done. So, <laughs> you know, because I don't have anybody demanding my time and energy. And, and that's that's hard, too. I think having to balance parenthood, the biggest well, I have a few regrets, but one of the biggest regrets I have in my life is how often I would put my son in front of SpongeBob so I could get a little more work done. You know, he, he, I quit my job and I was going to be a stay at home mom. And I was, but that honeymoon period lasted about a year before I started working for simple scrapbooks. And so there was a lot of time spent in this space with him in the other room, watching cartoons and, I regret that, you know, so I feel like if, you know, if you're going to quit your job to stay home with your kids, maybe focus on the kids for a little, you know, give them a little more time. I, I, and I say that lightheartedly, but it is a regret. So yeah. I don't yeah, have but that's that the woman. That's the woman must do everything part. I think okay. again, that is, that is true. I mean, at that time, you know, my husband 
had he had the same job for years and years. It was a steady job, and he had provided health care for us. And so as I'm starting to work and actually make money in you know as a self-employed person i always looked at that as like wasn't this neat you know i made a thousand dollars this month look at me go and it eventually turned into oh my god i make more money than you now (laughs) you know what i'm saying so at the time it was uh it felt like i it was a bonus anyway you know but yet yeah there was a lot of time spent not parenting and uh (laughs) just trying to make trying to make more money so i don't know I don't have that now though. That's the thing. Now I just have to work really, really hard for them because college is ridiculously expensive. I just want to point that out. If any of you are out there and you're young, just start sucking it away. (laughs) God, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 And and the whole kids conversation is kind of, you know, me and Kristen have brought it up here and there, but we are acutely aware. Like I feel like our generation knows that it's a major interruption and just the flow of what you're doing so it becomes like even if you want to be a mom that's a major decision to fact you know and then yeah so you know I'm acutely aware of it (laughs) even though kids are not in the radar but me and Kristen have brought it up a few times that it's just another way we have to figure out how to be resourceful you know well yeah I mean my daughter who uh, she's in her first year of law school right now and she really wants to have a family someday but, but it's so interesting to hear her talk about it because it's like, well, you know, after law school and then I'm going to clerk for a few years and all these plans laid out, you know, and she'll say like, hopefully by my mid thirties, you know, yeah, just that idea is crazy. You know, I, I well, and I, I should back up. I wasn't planning to have kids, so I didn't even have that in part of my long-term right. plan, which is hilarious now. Cause I think, oh my God, that's like the best <laughs> thing in, that you ever did. But anyway. Yeah. It's just, yeah, being younger now and having to make those kinds of decisions, that really wasn't, that wasn't in my evolution. It, you know, the kid thing was just a weird, happy accident. So. Yeah. Cause the social media Which is again so much makes what life is. Yeah. 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 And the yeah. social media <clears throat> makes you see every angle and avenue. So now you have, now that you know what's entailed in everything, it's like. Now you really have to decide which is good, both good and bad. Like it just then right. doesn't become an automatic next step. It becomes this decision that you have to make in order. Yeah. To, and like, especially as memory keepers and people have been telling their stories their entire time, you're acutely aware of, you know, what your story is and what your legacy is and all of the things that go into your legacy in the future. Right. Yeah. And especially, I guess, as both me and Amanda, who are memory keepers without children. Yeah, which I love. It's, thanks. <laughs> I do. It's, 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 and as, we, we both want kids. But like, who knows? Like, who knows if like, we can have kids. Because that's well, something that lots of women face. And yeah. like, so... Life is such an interesting series of happy twists and turns and pivots. Yeah. And I think I mean, memory keeping and scrapbooking yeah. is one of those things that is such a does such a great job of letting you be introspective about it. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing that I think I liked almost the most about it because I, I, well, and that's an interesting tra- transition because I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about one of my online classes and um, 
where it came from and, and the whole uh, origin story of it. Yeah, but, it was the origin story? Yes. The origin story. I love that. <laughs> um, but uh, just the idea that scrapbooking for me was not just about, oh, I got these cute little kids and they give it a blah, blah, blah. It was very much also out of that love of journaling, that love of having my first diary, that love of writing about my life, which in some aspects can be a little self-indulgent. God, if you read some of my old journals, you'd be like, I don't even want to know you. Like they're just so <laughs> dramatic and horrible. And But I love that I have literally years of journals that I kept for scrapbooking. Absolutely. But, but, that, but that part of it of telling your own story. And that was another thing that when I started, I'm like, well, I'm going to do a page about me because I don't, I mean, I'm pretty interesting and I like the idea that I'm going to have a picture of me and I'm going to write something about me. And I think at, you know, in that early online world, people started to kind of catch on to that. It's like, oh, I can tell my story too. It's not just about children. Children are great. I love them. But I also want to tell my story because this idea that we have this lifespan, right? You're born, you die, and things happen in between. Well, that is your unique experience. Now, you are not a snowflake in the sense that you're all, we're all different. and we're all, Well, I mean, we are, I guess, but we have common experiences, but no one will experience the world the way you do. So why not spend time connecting to your experience of being alive and being a, on the planet and being a human? And I thought scrapbooking seemed like a great place to tell personal stories. You know, um, so I think the aspect of, you know, do you have kids? Do you not have kids? I love when I have students that don't have kids and they are taking a class with me because they want to work on exploring their experience of being alive, which they do in scrapbooking. And, and that leads me back to, there's a class that I teach, well, I've taught every year since 2011. Uh, I never know from year to year if I'm going to keep doing it, but I teach this class called FIT. And the whole idea of it, let me just say, I'm not a personal trainer. I am not a nutritional <laughs> expert. That's the best part about this, by the way. I know, right? Um, yeah. But years ago when I was, oh gosh, okay, I'm an ex-smoker. I smoked my whole life, like 25 years. And when I quit smoking in 2006, then I started this whole struggle with weight because for me, smoking was well, A, the friend that never lied, and it also kept me away from potato chips. So I went, I, I was never chubby, and then I was chubby, and I thought, you know, I could probably take better care of myself now that I'm not smoking, and I'm scrapbooking, and that led into, I'm going to make a class that's all about documenting self-care, right? And it, and it started out being called Move More, Eat Well, and I thought, if, if people can connect to the whys behind their, you know, why do I eat a bag of potato chips every night? Why am I drinking so much red wine? If you can kind of, you know, tap into what is it you want and blah, blah, blah. So it started that way. It has changed over the years because the whole idea of move more, eat well, well, it used to be called move more, eat less, which is ridiculous. I have come to realize the old calorie in, calorie out model is kind of a joke. And it moved more into how can you best take care of you? The key part of the class was you're going to journal about you. It's not just um, I'm sad because I can't button up my jeans, right? It was why are you actually feeling sad? Like what's underneath that? So it, it actually pulled, God love my therapist, a lot of stuff that I was learning from her that I brought into this whole world of, you know, how can we 
tell our story of how we are caring for ourselves. So it really goes back to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my story and this is just another way to do it. Uh, at the same time, I design all these cute little trackers that you can put into your notebooks or your journals and so you can make it all look cute. If you like that sort of thing, uh, then that's for you. But it was also about creating a community around people telling their story. Because, you know, taking care of yourself is, well, <laughs> number one, it is your responsibility. No one can do this for you. And the choices that you make, eh, you know, some are, some are positive, some are negative, but there's definitely reasons why we do things. And I feel like in self-care, especially when it's just turning into a complete shit show for you, there's reasons behind it. It's not generally because something is, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of the world. It's, there's a lot going on and helping women to connect to what is going on for them. That's been that class, but it all came, it all started from tell your own story, which I think yeah. scrapbookers get weird about, not, not all of them, but like, wait, no, I'm supposed to be telling stories about kids and no, yeah. you should also tell your story because you, this is Absolutely. your subjective experience. So document it. You don't have to share it with the world. I mean, I do because that's part of how I make a living, but you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. It's, it's about connecting yes. to your story. So, and you become such a better storyteller for other people when you can tell your story. Absolutely. You know, and I know, I mean, I hope this is changing because I know both of you are younger. You're in a different generation, but like women who, you know, my age and older, it's like there was a real like pushback. Like, no, I, I, I can't do that. I, I can't scrapbook about me or I can't just make an, a whole album about me and my experiences and but. You, why not? I mean, that's a journaling and you're just adding photos and maybe you're adding a cute little sticker to the side of it. I generally don't, but you know, you can do that. And that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah, it is. And it's, there's so many benefits to scrapbooking about yourself. And if you are scrapbooking, like to leave the stories of your children for your children, your children want to know about you. They want to know about like what mom was like as a kid or what mom was like as the person who raised us or what grandma was like. Like that's the stuff that the kids want to know. Like the, the, the scrapbooks that you leave them of them as kids is cool. And like, oh yeah, yeah, we went to the zoo and Christmas. That was awesome. But like, oh, this is what you were like. This is what, you know, shows you watched or this is the stuff that you struggled with. That's gold. Total gold. It's that, it's the minutia of daily life, right? I didn't, yeah. you know, I wish I had more of that actually before I actually started scrapping because I don't remember what it was like to be home, you know, on maternity leave after my first child was born. I mean, it, it felt pretty magical to me because she was awesome and I wasn't expecting babies to be fun at all. I thought it was going to be <laughs> horrible, you know. Um, but I didn't scrapbook then. And, and so I do have, I, I did keep a journal, you know, and those, the things that I wrote about my experience, I love that I have that. So yeah, I, I think that uh, the details and that's the beauty of the trend in scrapbooking to go more into the everyday, which my friend Allie has been champ championing for years. That's a huge value, not just the, you know, here we are at the zoo. Right birthday um, again yeah who gives <laughs> yeah. a shit right you know, but, yeah. but but what kind, what kind of kid are you at the zoo you know what yeah. is your personality when you're there so I, I i love that aspect you know 
So, yeah, and yeah. then tying that into something like fit. So, like, when did it become fit? Well, it became, <laughs> yeah, it became fit in 2016. And I believe that was, again, it just sort of evolved out of me understanding why I sabotage myself personally. Mm-hmm. Therapy really helped with that because it's like, well, because what I've, <laughs> what I learned was um, we have areas of life. We have personal, we have professional, and we have relationships. And professional for years and years and years that's not been a problem for me i i nailed that one i hit it out of the park that's not arrogance that's literally knowing i know how to do my job all the time relationship eh, that one was a little weak and still working on that one and the other part of it was personal so what i realized was you know i will be really great at work and then use every excuse to just not take care of myself personally because if I do all things at once, and this is this is a little different than doing it all, but if I take care of the things that I am responsible for all the time, that has been hard for me. It makes me feel really out of balance because I am a person who used, who's used to having at least something be a mess, just a little mess. And uh, yeah, I don't know that it's I that's a little totally therapy. I totally understand. You know what I'm saying? No, like, yeah. Why hit it? Why why do all the things I'm responsible for if I can be a mess in one area? And uh, the one that will give yeah, the most so, give. So when fit came about and I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to try to figure out I'm going to help women, hopefully not learn how to eat, not learn how to exercise. Right. Because it, it, things you, you've got to take your own approach, but I'm hopefully going to make them understand that it is your job. This is your job. And that doesn't mean you are going to do it well every day. You might do it horribly today, but are you willing to come back and show up and try to understand what's going on with you and how can you do better? That's it. Nobody does the best all the time. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are some people who do, but I don't know a lot of those people. So fit really evolved into, can you connect to what you need? And if you can, great. And if you can't, why not? And let's try to let's try to work on that together. So every month, you know, I give them a pep talk. It's a little podcast message, but it really is me trying to be honest. And last year, my second half of the year was horrible. I was super anxious. I had a kid heading off to college. At least I was hoping that was the choice he was going to make. I was working great, working well, but at the end of the day, I'd pour two glasses of cheap red wine and down an entire bag of Cape Cod, oh, the 40% mm. boost fat potato chips. Oh, yeah. And, but you know what I mean? And, and then all of a sudden, six months pass, and I have high blood pressure all of a sudden out of the blue, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm acting like a child for my self-care. So, but I shared that story with them. There was no, you know, me coming in and saying, so this month I'm awesome. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what, so fit. I think the community that we create every year, they appreciate that because I'm going to be honest with them and they like that. So good. So good. (laughs) And like all that, I'm someone who, give me the struggle any day of the week over the success. Like I need to hear yeah. the bit of the struggle so I can understand how you're going to get to the success. Like, I, you know, just so good. And so how can people, if they want to become a part of this, like join up? Oh, um, if you go to my website, which is kathyzilski.com, uh, I have a little tab at the top called classes. And if you click on that, you can navigate to read the course description. There's, you get a lot of things that are printables. And, you know, if you use traveler's notebook, you can track in your traveler's notebook. If you like to scrapbook, there are 
doc or all these different files that you can download and print for scrapbooking. Um, I'm actually using uh, an album from Ali Edwards this year because she has this new three by eight album format that I absolutely love. So I've got printables that fit in that format as well. Uh, and you can, you can join. And it's a year-long class, so every month there's a message. But one of the things we have is a Facebook community. And I know that Facebook is not for everybody. I have to admit, I don't really love Facebook either, but it's a great, it's been a great resource for me to create closed communities. Mm-hmm. And the community is good. It's people check in. I check in almost daily right now um, just to kind of encourage people and say, hey, you know, um, here is something for the day or whatever. But it's you can – you can check it out. Uh, and I think I'm closing registration in June because I figure if people don't want to join after June, you can come back the next year if you're interested. But. Sure. Right. You always re kind of introduce it in, in the new yeah. year. Like. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it this year, though. I mean, I really, I literally was not going to do it. It was the end of November. I was feeling like a fraud. I thought I need, I need to pivot. I need to move away from this because this is not where I should be. And the high blood pressure thing was such a freaking eye opener. It freaked me out. And I was like, okay, the jig is up. I don't know what I think I've been doing, but it stops now. I went out, I bought myself an Apple watch. Now that was a bit of a, (laughs) but I'm not going to buy it. It's going to be my gym and I'm going to make some changes. So yeah, mid-December, I just kind of got back on the uh, bandwagon. No no extremes, you know what I mean? I'm not running a marathon, but I'm also not eating shit, and I'm not drinking alcohol, and I feel better than I felt in years. So there's that. Anyway. That's awesome. I'll link everything that people can get to you will be in the show notes also if they oh, want to go awesome. there. Yeah. And then I love, too, your recent blog post that said, taking care of me is my job, who knew? So I'll definitely link to that, too. I like the tie-in that you do of, like, being a blogger, not just, like, a content creator, is that we also right. get that piece from you alongside, like, the professional. So I, I just love that post. So I'll definitely link well, to that, too, and people can get. And I will tell you, you know, I haven't shared as much personal stuff over the last couple of years when I, when I would tell everything. And that has been a transition time, just trying to understand as a person who has been very transparent, what I can share and what I can't share. And I want to move back into more personal storytelling because I really believe that we as women do not need to become completely invisible in middle age. There's, a, there's an upside to that. The upside of invisibility in middle age is that if you take that in, you can actually observe what's going around you in a very real way. And you can understand a lot more than you did before just by watching. But I also think there's an aspect of the story that is missing. I mean, I know there's, I I don't know a lot of middle-aged bloggers. Maybe I should be trying to connect to more of that, but I definitely want to find different ways to talk about it more because it, it you know, life changes and it's good. It, it's just different. And I haven't yeah. been telling personal stories because I really had to move away from your kids' stories or theirs, let them be who they are going to be, and you can tell yours. So I'm hoping to get more back to that because I love writing. I do love writing and I do miss that. I miss the personal storytelling. I've kind of gotten back into scrapbooking again because, I mean, this year I've made a commitment to myself. It's like, start telling more of your stories. It's time. You can do it. And and the weird thing is I still love scrapbooking. I still make a page. I made one yesterday. I step back. I look at it and I'm like, that's pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I still like it. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I want to pack 
unpack all this in after chatter. The whole like okay, personal okay. side, maybe we can. Cool. Yeah. But I um, also think you should still blog. I'm just gonna go out there and I say yeah. like, as as a person who has been reading you since like literally the magazine age, mm-hmm. like that's what I call people who have been scrapbookers and like I don't want. This is the first time we've talked, so we're, you know, not friends yet, but we can be friends <laughs> I mean, we after. We are now. <laughs> right. We're friends now. You raised such cool kids. They are cool. Thank you. I, At, you know, they really are cool. And so, I'm very lucky. You, you, you did. You raised such cool kids. And I, I know this because you wrote about them. And so yeah. now you need to keep writing your stories because you are such a cool individual. So... <laughs> Like, you're right. There are not middle-aged bloggers. And so I'm I would so personally asking you, as, as a person who is interested in women's stories, and, like, and I want to know. format. Like, I love right. blogging's personal story format. I just, it still holds a place in my heart. I know how easy it is to do other things, but I love right. blogs. There are not so. women telling stories of what happens in women's middle age. Like... There's just, there's a lot of women in, you know, their 20s and 30s putting out articles on, like, you know, HuffPost stories. This is, I had a miscarriage. This is what it was like. This is what it was like with, you know, postpartum depression and all of these stories. But we don't hear what it's like to go through early menopause. We don't hear what it's like to talk about what it's like when your kids leave and go through college and what it's like to have your house empty again like all of that stuff and what it's like to be like you were talking about the observer yeah i want to hear all those things and i love your voice so please keep blogging all right um i guess if you're pressing me i'm gonna do (laughs) yeah i mean it is it is true it's like there's you know there's a way and i do like i like to use humor you know where i can because humor is kind of one of the binding um ties in my family yeah, we're fun people. Um, not we're not like. Well, I mean, my husband's really funny. You would not know it. My kids are both really funny, but each in their own way because they're so dry and they're so smart. Um, <laughs> but I I do think there's some funny things about middle age that I'm not talking about. You know, and yeah, it's like we don't talk about menopause. We don't talk about this because I think there's some kind of like shame still there's still this female shame somehow that like you can't talk about those kinds of things it's almost like you know back in the day you would never you would never admit to anybody that you bleed from your vagina once a month do you know what i'm saying like you would never talk about that well at least now we can talk about menstruation right but we (laughs) we still can't talk about the fact that you know after menopause nothing comes out of your vagina you know what i'm saying like nothing it's like an occasional tumbleweed will come out and you'll be like oh What's that? You know what I'm saying? Like, so good. There's, there's funny things about it too, but there, yeah, I, I definitely want to, I definitely want to write more. Hopefully, I haven't yes. offended any of my people Not with the things I have said today. They know I swear like a sailor. I just don't do it on Instagram. I'm just gonna, I don't do no, it. No, this Instagram. is where you do it. Well, this, this is, is where you do it. Yeah, it's for sure. my love language. There's so. a butt in our logo, Kathy. I know. <laughs> I love oh, yeah, logo. no, Instagram won't let us have ads because we have the word ass in our name, but they let us have the, the handle. Oh, really? It's really okay. weird. That's it's all so very interesting. strange. It, it's yeah, very it's, strange. It's, it's strange. Mm-hmm. I had to ask well, my friend who works for Instagram to get us, like, 
authorization to run an ad. So. <laughs> wow. But Thanks. our listeners get it. They're definitely. Yeah, yeah no, you're yeah. in the right place. Okay. So, All right. So you want to conclude with lightning round? Yeah, let's, let's lightning do it. round. I love lightning rounds. Let's lightning round. And to be just a little disclaimer, sometimes it's not so lightning. Elaborate as much as you want. Okay. Okay. Here okay. we go. What are you currently watching? Game of Thrones, the entire season for the second time. Wow. I am all in. I am. I, I. I. I just. I'm all in. I love it, and it's. It's even better the second time. I even just re-upped my HBO so that I could watch it again and be ready for the final season. That's what I'm watching. It's so good. Like it's, it's so good so when you good. rewatch it because you're like, oh my god, that one's connected to that one, and <laughs> yes. that one's connected, to- and that. Oh my god! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much of it was so confusing when I first watched it. I'm like, Jesus, there's so many houses. Who are these people? Now I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I know it. Yeah. So yeah. good. What are you currently reading? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I am. Good answer. Okay, I'm not a reader. I really wish I was. The only things I read are if it's like some sort of technical thing that I need to learn about software. I read about a book a year. I'm not going to pretend that I am someone I am not. I, I think reading is really neat. It's not how I unwind. Ah, That's totally okay. We count magazines. We count blog articles. Yeah. We count like, what was what were things we were counting? Like <laughs> me and Kristen tend to appreciate when you read like eating tapas, like little tiny chunks at a time, you know, okay. like little appetizer <laughs> sized things. We can't sure. take on these big. Like... Yeah, no, our book club is like, what are we doing? <laughs> we found a flow book this year that has all sorts of little things that you can pull out of it. So it's like mm-hmm. note cards and like, because reading sometimes it can be yeah. like the most stressful thing in the entire world. And you know what? My husband reads voraciously. My daughter reads voraciously. And I think that's great, but it's just not me. I will read a good book every now and then. I'll be like, oh my God, that's so good. Why don't I do this more? Yeah. I could not tell you the last book that I read. I can't. I can't think of That's why they made Game of Thrones into a TV show. (laughs) Exactly. Do I have time to read that? No. No. I do not. Anyway. I hear you. Same way. Same way. So good. What are you currently listening to? Pretty much just 80s new wave music. (laughs) That's it. I I, I don't branch out. I mean, I could say something like, well, I'm listening to the latest. me. Exactly, right? <laughs> the greatest decade of music ever. Yeah, mostly just uh, 80s new wave because the only time I really listen to music is when I'm working out and it really just has to be 80s music. So Hungry Like a Wolf is on my workout mix. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah. so good. What are you currently making? I am making an effort to learn how to do brush lettering. I bought a kit. I haven't started. It arrived a week ago, and I keep looking at it thinking, that's pretty cool, because I have horrible hand, well, not horrible, but you're never going to confuse me with anyone who has whimsical handwriting, so yeah, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm making an effort to learn brush lettering. Now that you said that, that's another thing I appreciate about you, because I've also incorporated digital journaling, because I don't like my handwriting either. Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And that's such a crafty-ass female thing to say. Ooh, I wonder how this will work into my life. Let me try this new thing. Yeah, I think it's okay. kind of like um, this is unrelated, but uh, ten years ago I decided to start teaching myself how to play guitar, and it was—I don't play. It was a spectacular fail, but <laughs> I did it for a year, and it was wonderful while I was doing it because it was not related to anything creative that I did, but at the same time, it was helping my brain creatively. So that's kind of how I look at brush lettering. I don't think I'm ever gonna 
be like uh, Christina Werner, who a uh, star of May on Instagram, who is like my design hero. She's so brilliant. I'm never going to handwrite like her, for example. But, you know, I might be able to pump my brain up and feel good about myself as a human. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. good. Love it. What are you currently feeling? Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling optimistic. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I little side story on therapy. My therapist has told me that the predominant issue with me, the problem with who I became, uh, who I learned to be, et cetera, et cetera, was that my entire life was guided on how do I feel and what am I getting? She said that is the root of pretty much all human misery because when you are ruled by your feelings and then you pair it with what am I getting from the world, um, in her words, good luck. So I'm feeling optimistic, but I also work really hard to not let my feelings be the reason why I do things. I am on that same boat and on that same training right now. Yeah, cool. So it's it's important. It. Yeah. What are you yeah. currently planning? I am planning a new e-course to teach hybrid scrapbooking, which is just, hybrid scrapbooking is just using a little bit of your computer along with a little bit of real world things. And I've been wanting to create just a basic hybrid class that I could offer to my longtime customers and students this year. And that is, uh, yeah, it's in the works now. Excited, when awesome. is that gonna launch? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, that question. Right. In a perfect world, it would launch at the end of April. I have a lot of scrapbooking to do between now and then, and I've got to get my groove, and I've got to really create the outline and understand what it is and how it's going to be structured. But also, when I, whenever I teach a class on scrapbooking, it also is very heavy on design, because in my opinion, design is something you can learn, and you can practice, and you can get better at it. And then all of a sudden, your pages look really good, and you're like, how do these look so good? And it's because you're using principles of design. So it will be a little of everything, but really just wanting to teach people the process that I've basically been doing since 2003 in an oh. updated format. So yeah, hopefully the end of April. If, if not, it'll be May. And if not, then June. And if not, yeah. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> totally. Cool, cool. And yeah. like, I think as a person who creates content, we get nervous about that, but everyone waiting for the content understands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, everything in its time. It takes time. Right. It takes time to make an online class. So if you're ever sure. thinking about doing one, just know it takes some time. It's right. time. Totally. Okay. And finally, before we head over to After Chatter, what are you currently loving? I am loving my relationship with my children as they grow and evolve. You know, um, and that is not something that I take lightly. I learned a lot. I've learned a lot about being a better parent to them than I could have ever known. Thanks to thanks therapy and thanks to understanding that uh, there is a lot more to having kids than just like trying to tell them who they should be and who you want them to be and instead trying to figure out who they are and constantly evaluating and reevaluating and trying to give them what they need. And because I have worked really hard on that for the past five to eight years, I have a relationship with both of them that is unique and different and will continue to change and grow. So that's the thing I love the most right now is yeah, that. So good. That's awesome. That's yeah, good. So they're good. They're, they're great people. Yeah. yeah. Apples don't fall far from the tree. 
Well, you know, I mean, they are, <laughs> there's aspects of both of them where we will both, my husband and I will say, you are your mother's daughter, or yeah. you are your father's son. You know, uh, I think my daughter is more like my husband and I think my son is more like me, but they both have, I think they managed to take some really good parts of us in terms of modeling and behavior. And I think they took some negative parts of us that we have, again, modeled and behaviored for them and we're all working to understand it and change it my husband also works with the same therapist i do we don't talk together we always have talked individually and uh it's it's helped our family a lot yeah so oh yeah. i so this interview was a dream come true oh, you guys, <laughs> i just want to really put that sweet. out there uh, I, it's really sweet. I'm really grateful that you guys called me and contacted me because, you know, again, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to stay relevant in this world that I love being part of, and yeah. that's that's an evolving that's an evolving thing. So sure. it was my pleasure. I think you do such a good job. You do such a good job of like you were talking about before, staying in your lane and pivoting, and remaining true to yourself, and that's what makes you interesting. Right, super engaging. Mm. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, I think I'm. I think that in real life too. You, I mean, you've probably heard me say this in public, but I, I am more of an introverted person. But that does not mean I don't have a personality. That does not mean I can't talk with you and have a great conversation. But I think most of what I put out is is pretty accurate, and uh, with the exception of the swearing. Uh, and, and I think if I would have started that from the beginning, I would have felt more comfortable with it. But my entire family, well, dad, my husband doesn't, but my kids swear like sailors and I just love it. It just is like, like I said, it's my love language. Um, but I think that I, I, I definitely do try to hmm, be as what you see is what you get. I don't tell you all the negative stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? There's, there's a lot of stuff of that I have learned in therapy about myself that isn't pretty and I'm working to understand and change, but I do try to work that in a little bit more as I can. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird world to be part of and a wonderful world. I, I'm grateful yeah. for the people who are still interested. That's absolutely the truth. You know, that's how I get to stay doing what I'm doing. Otherwise it wouldn't be possible. So. Well, I'm very happy that if we maybe introduce a few new people to you, success, right? So, success, like, I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay, yeah. Let's go to Africa. Check out the crap free scrapbook world. It's awesome. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I think you make it really accessible. And yes. I think we can get into that and crap free, I think, is amazing. Yeah. Um, and dive in a little bit deeper in Africa chat after chatter. That sounds great. Nice. I can talk. I'm totally able to talk. Mm. I'm really good at talking. So if you guys okay. want to find us at After Chatter, you can do that at patreon.com slash craftiestfemale. And uh, thank you to all of our patrons who already make this show amazingly possible and wonderful. And you guys are the reason that this show is amazing. And if you want to become a patron and listen to the After Chatter show, you can do that at patreon.com slash craftiestfemale, where we will be in just two seconds with Kathy and the After Chatter show. We will be back next week with another awesome interview and another great show. And we love you guys so much. And thank you for making this show awesome. We will catch you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.